about that time, about that time, about that time, yeah, about that time. Welcome to the jungle, the Auburn men's basketball podcast. And pick it up right where Kessler left off, it's Broome with the block. Auburn men, talking Auburn men's basketball. We missed you, the jungle is already in mid-season form. No frills, no gimmicks. Just ball. Benny Johnson in transition. Now, here's your host, Matt Donaldson and Jackson Garrett. All right, guys. Just got back home. This is Matt, by the way. Welcome to the Auburn Jungle Podcast. Uh, I was able to go to the Auburn-Vanderbilt game live tonight, and uh, you're going to hear a recap from Ben and Ryan here shortly. Uh, because it took me a while to get back home and wanted to enjoy the night with some friends. Um, what an atmosphere. What a night. Uh, man, the Auburn fans just showed out. I'd been looking forward to this for so long. The Nashville Auburn Club did a great job getting people to town, um, buying group tickets. I mean, I was sitting in the upper, kind of behind one of, behind the Auburn bench in the upper section, and it was 99% Auburn people. The lower level was probably 80% Auburn people. There are Auburn people scattered throughout the crowd. Unbelievable um, show of support for this basketball team, even with all their struggles the last few weeks. Tiger Walk at the Lowe's Hotel down the street. Again, more people than I've ever seen for a basketball Tiger Walk. Of course, basketball Tiger Walks weren't a thing too, you know, not too long ago. So just super impressed with the turnout. Super impressed with how vocal the Auburn fans are. The basketball fan base has gotten so much better at being into it on defense, even on the road. And um, there were some students, shout out to the students who made the trip, who were just loud and proud, did a great job. Um, The team felt it, the coaches felt it, and really, I think, lifted the team in a lot of ways throughout the game. But, you know, the guys will talk about in the game recap, ultimately the, you know, the free throw disparity was a lot to overcome, Um, you know, and, and then, Auburn's typical challenges at times. Wendell Green really struggled with the point guard and lots of things. But overall, I just wanted to give a huge shout out to the Nashville Auburn Club for organizing things, to um, so many people who showed up. I, I saw so many friends from Auburn just happened to be in Nashville for the game. Let's keep doing this. It really does make a statement. I would say Auburn had a majority of the fans in Vanderbilt's arena, and Vanderbilt's won four in a row, now five in a row. Um, it it shows up and people recognize it. So just hope that continues. It was a it was a fun game. Um, I thought I was witnessing the Jalen Williams game, you know, where he played so well. One of my favorite players, if you've listened to the pod. And then at the very end with point three, from my angle, it looked like he was going to drill that shot to, to, to win the game after all the craziness that ensued. Um, tough loss, another tough loss, super deflating. Everything was lined up with the fan support. This was a game I think that if you win this game and you know winning against Ole Miss this week, that you're probably locked into the tournament. Now there's more work to do. I think uh, Auburn's gonna have to steal one, you know, in the last three in the regular season, or you know make some noise in the SEC tournament. And so feel bad for the kids. They left it all out there. A lot of good effort. Um, Vanderbilt impressed me. They did a lot of good things. You know, well. Um, but again, this, this was I just. Jackson wanted me to come on here and just mention, you know, the let's go Auburn chance, the defense, so many people being so excited about this basketball program, even in a down year. 
you know, a year that it's, it feels like a bubble year. And we're, I think we're going to feel the pressure of the bubble and whether we're going to get in and, you know, not make it over these next couple of weeks um, to see the fan support. It's truly special. Let's keep building it. Let's keep going. So shout out to everybody who was there. Um, I have to think all the Vanderbilt fans were really impressed um, because I know it's fun to make fun of Vanderbilt, but you know, there were a lot of students there on a Saturday night for a good game. And there were a lot of fans there too. I mean, they, you know, Vanderbilt basketball um, has some history to it more than people realize. Auburn has always struggled in that building. Another tough loss, man, but we had every opportunity to win. And uh, anyway, I'm just rambling at this point. So we're going to get to the game recap with Ben and Ryan here. Uh, You know, thanks for continuing to listen to the pod. And we will be back with you after the Ole Miss game uh, for our next episode. War Eagle. All right, welcome to the Jungle Auburn podcast. Oh man, we're a we're a mess. The team was a mess. That was a tough game. Auburn just finished a brutal sixty-seven sixty-five loss to Vanderbilt on the road. Uh, this is Ben here hosting tonight alongside Ryan Norman. Ryan, how you doing? Well, uh, I was doing good a few minutes ago, but um, man, that's tough. That's really tough. Yeah, this was a brutal loss. Um, we did some things right. We did some things wrong. Where do you want to start with the breakdown here? It's hard to break down literally minutes after the whistle blows. You know, it really I mean, is. I guess we could, I guess we could talk about just the play, the guard play. Let's start with that. Because yeah, let's talk about our guard play because we, uh, you and I, were part of the preseason podcast where we talked about what do we think the ceiling for this team is. We were all pretty aware that they didn't have as high a, te- a ceiling as uh, teams we've had in the past. And I think the common consensus was this team was going to go as far as Wendell Green Jr. was going to take us. We, uh, we went after some guards in the offseason. We didn't hit any in the uh, transfer portal. And uh, where did Wendell Green Jr. take us tonight? Man, this team goes when Wendell goes. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to put a lot on Wendell tonight because, I mean, well... He, he's been so good for us these past however, five, six games. I mean, we would have been out of a lot of these games if, if, if he didn't play well. Uh, I mean, but tonight he was, it was brutal. I mean, two of 14 from the field, oh, three from the three, one or two free throws. Uh, I mean, it was, it, it's tough. And, and I, I, I got to say, that's part of the reason why we, we didn't perform as well. Their, their guards picked this up and pressured us so fast and so quickly that we couldn't get anything on the perimeter. I mean, not just from him, but from any guards. Zepp was a ghost. Uh, Flanagan had five points. He was basically useless out there as well. Uh, Wendell uh, just was a ghost. The only guard that produced and did something was our guy, Leor. That was it. Uh, I mean, so it was KD as well. I forgot about KD. Besides that three-pointer, uh, with less than 20, uh, he was – our guards were gone. And Vanderbilt had a great game plan to knock us out of that. They knew what our weakness was. They picked us up and pressured us immediately after half court, kind of like Texas A&M did at home uh, against us. And they were they were non-factor. Yeah, and, and again, we don't want to put too much on the refs because the refs are something you're never going to be able to control in any game you do whatsoever. But I can't look away from this free throw disparity. We shot it's 10 great. free throws for the game. They shot 26. Liam Robbins, who we all knew coming in, was going to be their guy. He scores a ton of points for them. He finished with 24 points, but he got 17 of them at the charity stripe. The man is seven feet tall, and he shot 20 free throws tonight. 
I I could not believe my eyes. I literally there were so many plays. There was one in particular. Chris Moore went up and finished the layup. He got shoved in the back. No call. But Lee, but Robin Zemlo went up for an, an easy layup. Threw it off the backboard. Literally like over his head. Threw it off the backboard, and they blew the whistle. I mean, it was it was crazy. I just man, it was, there with four minutes left, Vanderbilt had two fouls. Yeah, four. I I don't think I've ever seen that. It's it's pretty inexplicable, and you know one of the things that really hurt tonight um, were missed free throws in critical moments. You know, we we on this podcast try to not have you fall too much in love with the box score. Um, five of ten free throw shooting is pretty abysmal. But what was worse was the opportunities that we had them in the moments when we had them. We really needed them. Um, Wendell took his first two free throws with I believe about two minutes left that would have put us up two, and he only hit one out of two, which you know. That's normally okay for a guy that gets to the line, one out of two. That's fine. You, you live with that in college basketball. But in a crucial moment, now you're talking about any basket puts you back down. And that just changes the whole complexion of the ballgame. Um, but let's, let's get away from discussing some of the bigger picture. Let's talk about some of these performances tonight. Because in a lot of ways, offensively, Janai Broom rose to the challenge. He was playing against a bigger guy. He was playing against a bigger front court than he had in previous games. And he finished with 20 points tonight. And they weren't easy points. He only shot four free throws. Yeah, there were some questions about if Janai was going to actually play tonight. And, and he was kind of favoring that ankle a little bit at the beginning of the game. And, I mean, he looked um, – he rose to the challenge. And, honestly, if we are to advance uh, into a postseason play, like, he's going to have to carry us. Uh, I mean, it, it, it all leans on him and Wendell. If Wendell can play well and he can play well, then I think we're going to – we're gonna we're gonna put up fights, and we're not gonna lose these type of games. But when one of them doesn't perform, like Wendell, it hurts us. And the fact that Janai went out there and he did his job, this kind of honestly, Ben, this game kind of reminded me of Georgia a little bit. Um, For sure, you know, down low we were dominant. Jalen, uh, Janai, um, but our guards were non-existent. Uh, I mean, it's like when when can we throw these things together and? and close out an even tight game too. I'll just... tell you when we can throw these things together and it's when we really win the turnover battle. That was another huge struggle for us tonight, particularly early on. Yeah. Um, I believe we were about five minutes into the game and Vanderbilt had forced three turnovers and we had zero. We finished uh, losing the turnover battle 10 to nine, which is not terrible, but we've seen for this Auburn team that the recipe for us is to turn teams over, to outshoot them and to be able to get those high quality shots from our guard, the, the the stunning stat tonight for Wendell is not two for fourteen. We've seen him had some bad shooting nights before, but Wendell had one assist tonight, and that is not his game. His game is being the straw that stirs our drink and being able to distribute the ball well. And you know, Ryan had to remind me three quarters of the way through this game that Janai was in fact injured because if you were to watch this game, some of his offensive moves, that full skill set, the turnaround jumpers, the left-handed hook shots, the spin moves. They were all there. Defensively, he did struggle a little bit, but the key to know about Janai's health tonight was that final play with 10 seconds left on the clock. Dylan Cardwell was on the floor. And the reason that Dylan Cardwell was on the floor was they needed to play the full 94 feet defense. And Bruce didn't trust Janai because he was hurt, I'm sure. I think that had to be part of it. There wasn't any foul trouble there, but Janai was not on the floor for the end of the game. Yeah, I mean... 
I, I wish we weren't ever in that position anyways. Um, no kidding. But I mean, it's just, it's, that's a game you have to have. And it's, it's, it's a gut punch because we're, we don't have those quad one wins that we need to, to go some of these resumes. If we are to, you know, struggle at the, at the end of the season, which I mean, we had to have this game tonight, in my opinion. I mean, every game from this point forward is, is a must win. And, you know, I think Janai went out there and, and valiantly, he, he played so well. He, he went up against a good seven footer on defense and, and they have, you know, another guy in there they can throw in too to match up against them. Uh, but, you know, you brought up the point about Wendell only having one assist. Most of Janai and Jalen's uh, points were off those flex cut actions, you know, uh, either on the baseline or, or a two guard or even the four or Janai getting it to those guys. So, like, what would happen would be someone would, would get the ball to Janai on the top of the key, Jalen would flex cut to the other wing, they get it to him, and he would just go one-on-one. And that's how he was getting all of his points in the first half. You know, they none of them came from a Wendell drive or a driving kick or driving dish. And so, you know, Wendell could not get past their their point guard at all tonight. I mean, it was that's concerning if we ever ever have a matchup uh, with them again in the SEC tournament or another team if we were to make an NCAA tournament. You know, matchup with him like that, it's 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 a killer for us, honestly. Yeah, and it's brutal because ordinarily when we talk about Wendell struggling to drive, it's against bigger guards, but Ezra Manjon is six feet, 170 pounds. That's like the perfect matchup for Wendell. And he looked like the more athletic guard on the floor tonight. It was very difficult for Wendell to get around him. It was very difficult for us to move through screens. Our screen game was basically non-existent. And a lot of our high ball screens, we were working through Janai. So I wonder how much of that soft screen action had to do with his injury and his inability to I don't know, set his feet and drive contact in a way that we were hoping for. But it, it's, it's, it's a rough night. You know, we got some value out of Lior Berman tonight. But as we get into the player breakdown here, let's talk about some of the options that we've thrown out on this show about different ways for this team to kind of get to the next level. We've talked a little bit about possibly some of us wanting to start Lior at the two, change some of the rotations around. I think we saw tonight that this team is kind of who they are. Um, There's not a lot of options here to get you uh, a little bit further offensively than what we have, because late in the game, up a few points, we got Lior some quality looks, some clean looks from his spot uh, in the wing, and he was not able to hit those shots. So it's clear that we're not hiding him on the bench somewhere. He, I don't want to say is as inconsistent as KD, but he's not, leaps and bounds better in a way that you trust him more with the ball. I mean, look at what Katie Johnson did tonight at the end of that game. Late in the shot clock, play was blown up. They got the ball in his hands, still unafraid to shoot it, unafraid to make it. He had a quiet night overall, in part because he missed three of his four free throws. But, uh, you know, I don't know where on this roster, except for maybe these freshmen that aren't playing, you can look to to say there's, there's points that we're leaving on the bench. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I, I think this coaching staff has done an incredible job in SEC play, especially since the uh, A&M game at home, trying to get us shots and open shots and get this team offensively going some way or another. I mean, up until this point, you know, this team has 
has kind of found their identity and that they are where they are. And if a guy gets hot, you got to ride him. I mean, Missouri, KD got hot. You, you got to ride him. Uh, Wendell has been hot in some of these games. You got to ride him. Um, you know, Janai had been kind of a ghost until this game, uh, for being honest. Um, you know, it, it's, they just are where they are, like you mentioned. And, and, you know, we just got to kind of figure out what we have to do with the guys that we have. Um, and that's difficult because, you know, in, this, in a type of game where it's a, it's a high intensity, um, you know, front pressuring type game with, um, you know, the crowd into it. I kind of had a feeling from the very beginning that our guards were not going to be a factor in this game, especially with the way they were pressing Wendell. So I think we honestly did a very good job of getting the guys that we needed to score, score. But like you said, when Leor had the opportunity to hit those shots, you know, Leor is, is a good first half player. Like when we need those buckets in the second half, I don't know if I've, I've seen him this year be their force in the second half if we need it. Like when he gives us those few minute spells in the first half, he's pretty efficient. Like he'll hit some shots, he'll hit some, uh, you know, pump fake dribble uh, in, in the middle of the key shots or, or on the wing shots. But other than that, like that, that is what he is. Um, and when it comes down to crunch time, that's not who we need on the court, uh, honestly. And I think he had his opportunity tonight and he kind of, you know, he, he missed both those, those shots that you mentioned. And that was, that was big. That was big. Uh, we needed those. Yeah. We um, really, we really, he had his moment tonight to become a next level type player. And I think he is just a good part of the rotation. And I think that's all you can expect from him. I don't think you can expect him to be one of these guys that's going to rise up late and hit a key shot. Let's talk about rebounding. Um, we knew it was going to be a struggle tonight with Vanderbilt's big front court, but we got absolutely waxed tonight in rebounds, 41 to 34. Uh, we were out-rebounded on the defensive end by four, on the offensive end by three. And we had a, a surprising game. Wendell finished with eight rebounds, but almost all of those were defensive. And I think those had a lot to do with how, how much Vanderbilt cooled off from three in the second half. But we weren't great on the offensive glass, getting second chance points. And somehow we were even worse about being able to close out good defensive possessions where we got Vanderbilt to take the shots that we wanted. And I don't know. I felt like we were out of position a lot offensively tonight, or defensively, I should say. Um, it, there were a lot of moments where shots went up and we had a smaller guy on Liam Robbins inside. How do you think that happened? Yeah. I, I mean, credit Jerry Stackhouse. Like I, I gotta give him credit tonight. He had a very good game plan. They ran a lot of good stuff. Um, they ran a lot in the second half. Um, they had the two, their, their power forward and their center up top. They would run their point guard, shooting guard off those two screens. And then Robbins would, would flash cut in the middle of the lane. And we saw a ton. I think under four, he had a dunk and then a foul where Jalen should have picked him up, and he did not. And then Janai was was kind of in the middle of nowhere in no man's land. You know, they, they ran a lot of good stuff, and they, they gave us a lot of um, uh, uh, cut action and flex action that we could not pick up on, and it it, it caused a lot of mismatches. I don't. I have to go back and look at some of the highlights and, and see how that happened, but. I think a lot of guys were just confused. A lot of guys were not communicating. Um, and, you know, by the time the game was at the end, it was kind of too late. I mean, we had already had foul trouble. We had already fouled Robbins a ton. And, and you know, it, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, I mean, one, one of the biggest 
ones was towards the end, like Wendell was boxing out Robbins, and yeah. that was the play where Twice. they had to review. They had to review the shot clock. I mean, like that. That is that's wild. It's crazy. It's Credit not often. Yeah, it's not often that we felt like this team has been out coached, but I do think there's an argument tonight that I don't know if it was the scout. Um, and, and, or it was, it was Jerry Stackhouse throwing some things at us that we weren't prepared for, um, what it was, but it was clear that Vanderbilt knew how to get the matchups they wanted. And it was even more clear that we couldn't get the matchups that we wanted. Their defense was so tight. We were not able to rub anybody off or get the kind of switches that we wanted. So we were oftentimes 15 seconds and below in the shot clock, trying to figure out what we we're going to do on offense. And late in the shot clock, it still seemed like Vanderbilt was working towards what they were trying to get, which is a, the ball in close to the basket to Robbins to try to draw some kind of foul. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was tough. I mean, I, I feel like if, if from, from my perspective, if it was called a little bit closer in terms of a foul disparity, you know, disparity, and I think the game would have been on our, in our advantage a little better, but I mean, the fact that Robbins was just throwing the ball of the back off the backboard and, you know, 20 free throws is crazy. I, I cannot get over that stat that I'm looking at every single time. The fact that we had 10 and they had 27 and 20 of them came from him. Yeah. It's just crazy Ryan, to me. I, I'm pretty sure you could score 20 points in the SEC if they gave you 20 free throw attempts. Ah, just, you could probably drop 24. But let's give some credit to Vanderbilt um, as we kind of come towards the end of our analysis here. Uh, they did ha- they did play some tough defense and they really really were aggressive into our point guards. Uh, we yep. had nine turnovers tonight. Five of them came from Wendell Green Jr., Zepp Jasper, and Trey Donaldson. Those are the guys that are supposed to be kind of our experienced ball handlers. I know the ball isn't going through Zepp's hands quite as much uh, this season, but it definitely it feels like those are the guys that you would trust to be responsible with the ball. And them turning the ball over really hurts tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, I mean, if you, if you go back to the beginning of the SEC play against Georgia uh, and even A&M, when we play these teams with very athletic guards, uh, it's a, a mismatch for us, uh, you know, at the very beginning of the game. And you can kind of tell how that's going to go just by how, how they're pressing us and how they're playing up on our guards so quickly that we know that, okay, so this is going to be one of those games where our guards are not going to get anything offensively. Um, and, you know, what's funny is it's always against those teams that are, lower tier mid tier at the SEC like you don't see that from the games that we played against the top tier teams at the SEC like Alabama um uh, Tennessee uh A&M the second time like they did not play that way against us and so therefore I feel like we we match up better against those type of teams if we do like a Georgia at their place or a Vandy here where they're playing up against our guys so quickly and so Fast, like we can't get anything out of our guards uh, from a full court or even a half court um, where they're picking us up right there at the half court. Um, it's tough because when you don't have that, it really takes out all of our offense, really. And we have to run through Jalen or Janai. And, you know, if they can't get anything towards the end of the shot clock, they're passing it out. It's tough. We, get, we don't get good shots, good looks. And that's, that's a killer for us on offense. Yeah, it was a hard game on the road. The The margin for this team, as we've said all year, is razor thin between a win and a loss. Um, and this was just one of those nights where we had enough go the wrong way that we wind up in a situation where we're on kind of the bad end 
of uh, of a lot of uh, uh, small things. It's really the death by a thousand cuts tonight. You know, the free throws coming at the wrong time, our misses coming at the wrong time. You know, if there's one thing that I could wish for a team this late in the season, it's just better shot selection early in the shot clock. And I know Bruce loves to let his guys play, but the idea that Janai hits a couple of three-pointers in warmups, so you want him to get some three-point heat checks, that's crazy to me. Particularly when you look at just how well that he and Jalen did inside tonight, you got them in the paint. They were unstoppable. Nobody wanted to foul them. Nobody wanted to guard them that close. They got every kind of look they needed to. And, you know, one of the moments we really lost this game tonight was on a Jalen Williams three-pointer. He was wide open at the top of the key, one-on-one, could have put his head down and driven the ball, and he settled for an open three. And we are just not that team this year. Yeah, it's 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 tough because if he would have if he would have made that shot, we would have probably been talking differently. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah. But if you ask me to bet money on it, I'm gonna bet money that that shot's probably not gonna go down. Yeah, Jalen Williams is our best three point shooter um, in terms of like volume and also percentage hit. Um, but he's you know he's six foot eight, two hundred and thirty pounds. Man, get ahead of steam going and go get the points the hard way. Overall, not a bad shooting night for us. Uh, about 44% from the field, around 31, 32% from three. That's about what you can expect from this team. Um, another disheartening thing, we outshot Vanderbilt tonight, 62 to 56. We put up six more shots than they did, uh, and we still lost by two. And the answer to that just comes from the foul line. Yeah, it's, um, man, it's one of the things where, Jalen, I, I think, kind of disappeared a little bit in the second half. Um, and that also hurt us because he was summoning it in the first. And, you know, I, I feel like when he he just kind of disappears from games sometimes, too. And, and the fact that he didn't really in the second half assert himself like he did in the first half hurt us. Um, you know, it's, it's that, that's tough. Uh, and yeah, you're right. The the shot selection early in the shot clock sometimes is is head scratching, and majority of the time it's it's a miss instead of a make. Um, but it is what it is at this time of the year. Like we just have to live with it. And you know, against Missouri, uh, that was we're hitting those shots. You know, it's just it's just one of those things um, that is it's a game by game uh, sample size, and most of the time at home we're probably going to hit that. Uh, but on the road in this time of environment and where we're getting our looks inside, you know, that is um, where I feel like we should go to kind of looking ahead here. Yeah, let's uh, talk let's, about the road ahead. It's tough because honestly, <laughs> honestly, uh, Wednesday is obviously a must win. I mean, Ole Miss, only two wins at the conference. Um, I, I take, again, Bruce after a loss. Is I feel bad. I'm going to feel bad for Ole Miss because I, I have a feeling we're going to come out with heads on fire, needing that win. Uh, and then you got to look at the last three, which we all know it's coming at Kentucky, at Alabama versus Tennessee. You got to have one of those. Have to have one of those. If you can have two with Tennessee at home and stealing one on the road, then we're locked up. We're locked up in the postseason. Yeah, Let's take a look at the SEC standings here because that's going to be a big part of determining whether or not this team gets to go dancing. Um, obviously, the Ole Miss game is a must-win, but you're right. The last three teams are against who are currently the top four teams in the SEC. Alabama's number one, 
Tennessee and Kentucky after Kentucky goes into uh, Knoxville and sweeps Tennessee for the year. They are now uh, tied for fourth place at nine and five. And we are now in a fifth place tie with the team we played tonight, Vanderbilt at eight and six. Um, Arkansas and Florida and oh, and still Missouri are all right behind us by one game at seven and seven. So we're in uh, just the, the worst possible situation we did not want to be in, which is that we need to win two out of these last uh, four games to even consider possibly a, a two round by in the SEC tournament, but more importantly, to go dancing in the NCAA tournament. Because yeah. right now we, we need a win in the SEC tournament, I think, to get in. Well, uh, I mean, if we get two, it's so the, the good part about this year is that I think this college basketball as a whole is down. I mean, honestly, like if you take a look at, at today's bubble, like even if we the fact that we lost this game, I still don't think we're on the bubble. I still think we're a tendency. Um, and look, I mean, the fact that you just got to get in is 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 key and there are all also teams that are losing today too um but if you if you take a look at these next four games right Ole Miss at home gotta have it uh, I take Bruce off a loss uh if you look at every single time we lost this year besides maybe that three game stretch we have come out and played extremely well uh so I would expect us to come out Wednesday night and play very well um out of the next three, Kentucky, Alabama, Tennessee, at Kentucky, I feel like it's a good matchup for us. And I know that sounds crazy because it's at Kentucky, but if you look at the way they play this year and the, and our their style of play versus our style of play, I actually like us in that game better than I do at Alabama or Tennessee at home. So if we were to go in there to Lexington and win that, I think that really solidifies us into a, a, a hard seven seed maybe higher, but around that seven, eight seed is part of where we land. Um, but look, it's scary because this bubble talk and you look at our resume, it's not the best can, when you look at it with other teams, you know? No. And the tricky part after tonight is going to be watching where we are in the analytics, because prior to this, you know, we'd lost to a lot of good teams and some of those good teams had made us not look like a good basketball team. This is the first time I think that a bad team has made us not look like a good basketball team. So it's going to be tough reading into the analytics and kind of seeing where the net and Kempom has us placed. But we do still have some crucial opportunities because you're right. One of these wins, uh, either in Lexington, uh, Alabama and Coleman or beating Tennessee at home, those are resume boosters. And we pick one of those up, we get a win. Um, Ole Miss, they're really reeling right now. Um, you know, they started off looking like maybe they could steal some games, but they're currently uh, next to last in the SEC, only behind LSU, who, as we all know, has completely kind of fallen apart as a program. But, um, you know, nothing's a guarantee with this team. All it takes is a cold shooting night early and us getting down because we've seen just how hard it is for this team to come back down. And one of the brutal aspects of this game was it just seemed like we could never stretch a lead. I think our largest lead of the night was four points. And that's not a recipe for success for this team. We need to arrive based on our mat system metrics, the minutes against time trailing. We need to arrive at that three minute mark up around six to feel like we've really got a shot because our defense is good enough. Um, we saw it down the stretch that we were able to force them into taking tough shots and giving ourselves a chance, but we're a better team protecting a lead than we are trying to go after one. 
Yeah, no, I agree. It's, um, you know, if we look at some of the rankings here real quick, um, I got Ken Palm pulled up and the net. So right now, Ken Palm after the game, we're, 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 we're 21, which is, I mean, obviously it's kind of where you want to be. We're still ahead of Texas A&M, which is crazy to me. Um, Texas A&M gets no love and they're second in the SEC. I mean, Texas A&M um, had some bad losses early in the year. They had um, some very bad losses. Lost to that- Colorado, Murray State. You know, they, they had a tough time early going. So again, you see how important it is early basketball in establishing your identity. But um, we're going to see how well it does for us down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, it's um, the fact that we don't have, I think the committee is going to take a look at uh, losses, right? What yeah. what are your bad losses? And when I look at it, we don't really have bad losses besides um, tonight and Georgia. I mean, Georgia is a really bad loss. That I think that's going to sting. But, you know, tonight in Georgia is a quad two loss. We don't have any quad three or quad four losses. Um, but the thing that's going to hurt us is the quad two or quad one wins, which is only two. Yeah. So you got to have one of those big three coming up Kentucky, Alabama, Tennessee. You got to have one of those just to continue to build that quad one resume, which is obviously what, what people want to see, what they want to look at. Um, but, and when you look at some of the net rankings too, it's, it's also how close we've lost as well, which I hate that, you know, that we look at, Oh man, we only lost by three. We only lost by two. We only lost by, you know, four here, but it does play a key when people are looking in, some of these rankings and that's why we haven't dropped out of the top 30 of a lot of these rankings, which is crazy because we have an 18 nine record and a, you know, eight, eight, six um, conference record, but yeah, we're still in the top 30 in a lot of these metrics. That's because we're in these games. We're not getting blown out. We're not getting, we're, we're playing close. We're not losing um, terribly big. And that plays a key when it comes to March. And, you know, we just got to hold on. If, if we can get two or four here, if, get three or four that I like our chances moving forward somehow. Yeah. And if, you know, if we get two of four or even if we only get one of four, but we can pick up a couple of wins in the sec tournament, I think we got a pretty good shot and anything can happen in March. And if you've been a listener to this podcast and let's face it, if you're listening this long into this podcast, you probably joined us last year. You, you listened for some good analysis on what was one of the great Auburn teams. Think back at how many games that team could have lost particularly late in games, but they had some fantastic heroics. They had a group that really believed and had a ton of talent. And they were on the other side of the coin for a lot of those close games. And now you're getting to look at an Auburn basketball team that may not be as talented, definitely doesn't have as many NBA ready guys. And they're on the tail side of a lot of these close games where we just can't seem to get over the hump yet. So if there's anything to hang your hat on, it's that that can be where this team improves. In a close game, somebody's going to step up. Somebody's going to make a shot. Somebody's going to make a stop. And that's going to just give us so much momentum going forward. Maybe they're going to figure out before the end of the year. Or, um, you know what, Ryan? Maybe we'll have a really great run in the NIT. Ooh, don't say those words. <laughs> uh, look, hey, right, I'm, uh, now, I'm, I'm officially banished from the podcast. This will be my last host, everyone. Those are, those are tough words, man. But honestly, if you think about it, if, if like a North Carolina can't win or Maybe honestly, if Kentucky would have lost the past two games, they probably would have been in that bubble too. Um, but look, it's um, it's tough because if 
if you look at, I thought tonight we we're going to exercise some demons and pull out a close win. Uh, we have not done that all year. And I think that's what's frustrating for a lot of us. Well, hang on. Bat- we, we've done that once at home against Florida. It was yeah. a close game. It came down to one play. Well, that's the one win that we've got. Now, Florida's not a great basketball team. But we were winning. We were winning. We were winning. What we, we didn't need, not- we didn't need a shot. We needed a defensive stop. Yeah, but it, it, it's these games that we needed a basket and then a stop. Or it's tough, man. It's just, it's killer because you, you feel like we're, we're going to get over that hump. We're going to get over that hump. And then we do maybe one game like Missouri, and then we're back down to where we are. And that's what's what's so frustrating about this team is that we – I. Do you do you think that Missouri is that that game our offensive play and defensive play that's our ceiling? It's tough to say because one of the amazing things about this coaching staff is how well they understand their matchups, and we matched up really well against Missouri, and we all said it, and the media said it too. Everybody knew coming into this game because Vanderbilt had a seven footer inside that was talented and can make some shots. I mean, hats off to a center that can make seventeen out of twenty free throws. You find me a lot of uh, all-star NBA centers that can hit free throws at that clip, and they're going to be in the Hall of Fame. That's not an ordinary thing to have somebody inside that can do that that well. And, you know, the tricky part for other teams that have beaten Vanderbilt and run them out of the stadium is that they can hit from outside, and they neutralize him as a defensive factor. We relied so heavily on our inside game, and our outside game was just so non-existent that we played right into their style of ball. So... The tricky part is always going to be for the rest of this team going forward. It's about matchups. If we draw a team in the SEC tournament that we match up well against, we got a shot. We draw a team in March that we match up well against, we got a shot. We got a couple of teams that we're going to match up pretty well against. I think we're going to match up well against Ole Miss. We found out earlier in the year we matched up pretty well against Tennessee. We should have Dylan Cardwell back. That's going to make a big difference. If Janai is healthy down the stretch, um, that's going to either save or hurt us. And then, yeah, in the tournaments, it's going to come down to what do the matchups look like? Because we've seen the ceiling of this team's talent. And it's about if we can match up our front court with their front court and beat them inside. Because, you know, I love Wendell. I love KD. I love that he can, once in a blue moon, hit a big shot. But matchup for matchup, there's not a lot of teams in the SEC I'm going to take them against. Trivia time. What was our record around this time when we went to the Final Four? If I remember correctly, at the end of the season, our, our record might have been identical, right? Because we finished with 23 wins that year, right? Currently, currently, right now, our record is 18 and nine. We were eight and six in the SEC. Uh, February 20th of 2019, we were 18 and eight and seven and six in the SEC. Wow. So, look. That team had some special players. Um, I think it, it's hard for an Auburn fan to uh, think like that team. That team was struggling around that time of the year. I think people forgot. Like we just lost Ole Miss at home. We got really blown bad. out. We gotten blown out by Kentucky. I, I we lost that game by what, yes. what was it? Nearly twenty points. 80, 80 to fifty three. Yeah. Um, brutal. Yeah, and that team. That team was was basically on the bubble at that point. Um, so, look, like, that team had some players, the team had some shooters. I'm not going to compare the two. 
But if, if people, if Auburn fans who are so visual and, and comparing, of you know, especially football fans, right, that like to compare teams, uh, when you look at where this team at is currently now compared to that team that year, they're they're basically identical. Like that team did not have any good wins to that point. Uh, that team had not been playing his best basketball. Um, you know, I think at that point, their best win was against Murray State that had John Morant. Um, that was it. Uh, so, look, they're very similar. And I think you could still hold on to a little bit of hope that this team, we know what this team is capable of against like a Missouri and those type of teams that we can come out and play good offensively. Uh, we just have to tie it all together. And, and tonight we didn't. Um, it kills us. It hurts. But there is some hope that we can try to hold on to. Matt always talks about how basketball is a game of runs, right? You know, you go on a 12-0 run, the team you're against goes on an 8-0 run. And it's, do your runs add up to more than their runs in the end? Well, in a similar (laughs) fashion, college basketball is a game about when do you get hot? We watched a Texas A&M team last year get hot at the very end of the season. They beat Auburn in the SEC tournament. They almost won the SEC tournament, and they still wound up in the NIT because they hadn't built themselves enough of a cushion to lose. If there's one good thing that you can appreciate about this Auburn team, particularly when you look at the metrics, when you look at the strength of schedule, we've given ourselves enough of a cushion to have a night like this where we underperform a little bit. We lose a close game on the road. It's a challenging environment, Um, but we still got a shot. And the same could be said for any of the Auburn teams that we've seen under Bruce Pearl, that it's not so much about, can you put together a fantastic run like that team up the road has where you finish the end of the year on a great streak. It's, you know, when are you hot? When do you figure it out? When do you put it all together? When do you finally string some wins together? We were a little bit spoiled last year, middle of the season. We strung together eight or nine really close, fantastic wins. We were the number one ranked team in the country. And uh, the last banner that we hung was that SEC regular season championship. So just remember that uh, this team and this coaching staff, they can figure it out. They can get hot. And uh, who knows what's in the future? Only way to find out is to watch. Yep. And just keep keep supporting these guys because these X4 are very important. So, Look, as as hard as that one was tonight, I think um, uh, next Saturday, especially, I mean, Wednesday, it's a must win. And I, I think we've we got to have it and we're going to pull it out. But Saturday and, and next Wednesday are, are, are massive. And uh, unfortunately, like I think I texted you earlier, like Alabama at home is like Thanos. Like they're they're unreal. I mean, if we were to go in there and steal that, amazing. But I, they don't miss a shot at home. So. Here's what I'm going to say. If we somehow go into Coleman and pull that off, we're in the dance. That is a season-defining win. So put that in perspective when you think about like what that game is going to be like trying to win that. Yeah, it's um, this team needs us. Uh, If we can pull it out somehow, like that team did back in 2018, 2019, you never know. You just you just never know when when March comes around. Uh, A guy gets hot, um, like a. Jared Harper got hot in the SEC tournament. Wendell can get hot. You never know. Um, so we've seen some guys surprise us this year. Yeah, let's yeah. just let's uh, let's want to sting tonight. We'll get back at it Wednesday, and then you never know. But it's, it was it was tough tonight. I, I know a bunch of our friends and 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 co-hosts went to that game, and 
man, I just I, Memorial Magic. I, I hate that place. I hate it. <laughs> you know, there's going to come a time where uh, our blue blood status is going to finally afford us that year over year success. But there are a couple of places. Uh, Nashville is one. Gainesville is another. And uh, next Saturday, we've got another big one coming up going into Lexington, where we historically as a program just do not win. And we have a chance still for some season-defining wins. And it was amazing to hear, even on the TV broadcast, just how many Auburn got people were there to support our guys. Um, they, were, they were in there. They were loud. You could see the orange on TV. Even the commentators were talking about how loud the Auburn fans were in that game. It makes a difference. Um, if you want to talk about a, a mediocre offensive night, what what kept us in this game? It was the fact that when we made big plays, we had big cheers. So stick with this team. Season's not over yet. Yeah, let's keep running. It's uh, the team needs us. Uh, this coach staff needs us. Uh, it's, a, it's that time of the year. Uh, I just want to see us in that bracket. I cannot fill up my bracket for the first time in a long time and not see us on there. I got to have us on there. Got to have it. War Eagle, Ryan. War Eagle, Ben. We'll see you guys later.